Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the shit show that is this Pop Filters Movie of the Year colon 2019-TV of the Year colon Drama of the Year. Yeah, straightforward. We love it. My name is Ryan, and I will be your host tonight. Uh, you can also see me not hosting any other shows, guys, so I'm not going to do well at this. Um, if I do need pointers throughout the show live, yeah. you guys have all hosted shows. You'll do that for me? Yeah. Okay. Of course. We'll come in, give you little tips. What do we have so far? So uh, Don't ask everybody else how you're doing. <laughs> uh, Just own it. Own that mic. I don't think you're supposed to read the punctuation. Oh, no? No. Comma, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was bad punctuation. Um, we have eight dramas that are going to duke it out tonight to see who is the best drama, and then the winner of that will go against Fleabag to see what is the pop filter TV show of the year. I'm going to introduce you guys one at a time, but before I do that, eight shows were kicked off. Yeah. Okay. By some of us, not McKenna. McKenna, I hope you fucking freak out about these eight and one in particular. <laughs> I have a very good feeling I'm going to lose my shit over it. There are eight shows that are not here with us anymore. It's Chernobyl, Stranger Things, Euphoria, The Good Fight, Years and Years, The Crown, Mindhunter, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That was my pick. But even though I picked that one, it's fucking insane that Euphoria is not in this bracket tonight. I am furious about it. Euphoria and Chernobyl owned the conversation when it came to TV dramas, and the general consensus was like, but dramas make me sad, so no. Bullshit. Uh, which is a fucking, mm-hmm. it's dramas. Yeah. Bullshit. I stand by it. I'm fully no. for it. For me, it's not, a lot of these dramas made me sad. I can think of two that we're going to talk about later in the show that may be devastatingly sad. So it's not that that disqualified a show like Euphoria. For me personally, why I voted against Euphoria was I found it so grim and and terrible and and unrelenting in its dark message. You're describing how art is good. Like this is everything art needs to do. But I just think there is another side to life that is also beautiful and uplifting and I felt like it wasn't demonstrated in Euphoria and I also felt like it was not a real depiction of I work with I I work with people who are the age of some of the people in Euphoria and they're not all having orgies it doesn't and it's not it, it never claimed to be a real thing anyway the person that's talking <laughs> is my co-host my best friend it's greg hey! host of movie of the year greg what which of these eight are you most pissed is not on tonight of the eight that are that are not on i think maybe mindhunter i'm having fun with the mindhunter i was never one of these uh serial killer people and that's good. That's yeah, good. you've never killed a single person, I know. let alone one. Yeah, many that would necessitate a rack. <laughs> but uh, I, I usually stay away from stuff like that. But I don't know, Mindhunter. I've just it's so good. I'm just I'm, I'm into it. It's such a weird show. It like tracking these guys down has started to make everybody on the show very crazy, and that was like a compelling thing to see. My other co-host tonight co-host of the Unnatural 20s podcast, which you can find at all Walmarts that are yes. near you. Yes. Congrats on that, by McKenna, the way. <laughs> McKenna, which of these shows are you most pissed about? Uh, well, I like a lot of the shows on the list. It's definitely Chernobyl. It's I definitely am really Chernobyl. devastated <laughs> that Chernobyl is not on our top eight. That is a fantastic, brilliant show. It was 
the acting, the writing, the pacing, Skincare everything Skincare really perfect. wasn't a thing, though, you know, <laughs> that they thought about. <laughs> they, it seemed that. like a lot of them cared when their skin just sort of slopped I off. I think that was an yeah. issue, yeah. See, if all these reactors were half nuclear, half moisturizer, it would have exploded. <laughs> it would have balanced everything out. Uh, You're positively glowing. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot. I haven't listened to the score yet, but I do when I'm walking around in my headphones. I just listen to that thing that they do through the whole show. It makes everything seem so much more important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my other co-host for this evening is, of course, from the Unnatural 20s. And as a guest star on every show I've ever done, Cassie is here. Hey, what's up? Which show, Cassie, are you most pissed off about? Um, I was speaking to somebody who hates dramas because they make me sad. It's going to be Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because it was sad, but also there was dancing and singing. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for that. <laughs> if Chernobyl, if the people in Chernobyl sing and dance more. Well, Would you like it? Off? Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> then it's wacky and weird and sign me up for it. But no, they just let me watch them burn. McKenna, I'm sorry, Caitlin, you are not a host <laughs> on tonight. Kate, uh, McKenna is. Cassie yes. is. Yeah. Greg here. We're going to get to Mike in a second, but Caitlin, you are just a panelist tonight. You're the only yeah. one that's just a panelist. I'm just just a panel. You know, <laughs> a one-woman panel. A little, a little planking board. I'm a pan. Everyone <laughs> here tonight, their agent said that I must make them co-host or they're going to be pissed, but Caitlin, your agent did not care at all about no. what your title was. <laughs> no, they have, they're representing way too many people. You know, How many people does your agent manage? Uh, Well, the other two people here, and I think you guys too, so there's a lot. I'm, right? I'm your agent, so. Oh. <laughs> I know! I keep telling you that. <laughs> it's me, Cassie. As a panelist, Caitlin, I yes. do not have to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. This is just for the co-host. But why don't you chime in? Is there any of these shows that makes you mad is not we're not talking about tonight? Well, it's definitely Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because I'm with Cassie. I, the, a lot of dramas are pretty sad. And I like to be happy and watch people sing and dance and uh, talk about weird things like, um, I don't know what they, I can't think of. This has to bode. <laughs> Drugs. It, Drugs. Depression. People Depression. loving singing and dancing, I think, really bodes well for one of the movies you know in the yeah. bracket. Yeah. You know what? They dance about around and talk about depression, and I'm not sad about it, but I'm informed, I and I like that. that. Like, this is one of the sadder shows that made the 16-team bracket. Like, this show will kick you in the balls and make you sad. Fosse Verdon? <laughs> no, Crazy Ass Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That's Crazy Ass Girlfriend. Crazy Ass Girlfriend is, is deeply sad. I mean, one, sad. Of the, yeah. one of the shows we're talking about yeah. tonight is The but Mandalorian. But yeah. Caitlin's surface <laughs> level, so it's like... She forgets that it's sad because they're singing and dancing. Yes, <laughs> yes. But one of the characters, like uh, Rebecca, the main character, tries to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, you watch her like destroy her life like mm-hmm. four times in a row. Uh, but still, once per row. But like so, jazz squares, Greg. So, <laughs> so that is like dark and sad and everything. But it shows the other because that's a big part of life. That's that's what happens in life. But there is this other side of life which is very happy and uplifting and funny, and that's the part that. It captures that I think like a Chernobyl, they could have played so many more of these situations in Chernobyl for a laugh, mm-hmm. and they just did it. That truck full of dogs, yeah, dude. Uh, come on, <laughs> it, maybe it tips over and a whole bunch of the dogs come out, no, right? No, no. Like <laughs> you put a different chime on each dog, oh, like, no. that dog, and you pour it out in such a way where it plays a song. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Then all the kids come running up expecting ice cream, but it's nuclear dead dogs. Oh. That's fucking. Where's Ashton? This is punk. Get your hot dogs here. Hot dogs here. Oh, no. And finally, my co host, my best man, my man in arms, my <laughs> he man, my man at war, my manatee, <laughs> oh. the, co- the host of OCD, Mike, is here. Mike, which show are you so upset that did not make it tonight? It's bullshit. The OC didn't even come close <laughs> to these top 16. Uh, I don't want to just keep talking about Chernobyl. So I'm going to say, uh, year in, year out, 
these people, they've changed what show it is, but it's generally the same show, put great old person loving drama out there that you, if you like peak TV, you can still enjoy the good fight. You're picking uh, the good I think, fight? I'm picking the goddamn good <laughs> fight because I want to fight dirty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about Chernobyl more, so fuck it. It's the good fight. I'm, I'm furious. I'm frothing at the bit. This show needs to go away. We, yeah. Nobody <laughs> has, on this show has ever watched any of it. And all we say every year is like, man, I can't believe it's still around. Are you guys shocked? The intro is dope. <laughs> yeah, we love the intro. Intro can't be beat. Best intro on TV. Are you guys shocked to find out that there was no love for Stranger Things or The Crown in tonight's opening segment? No. no. Are we all just sort of lukewarm on those? Stranger Things was okay. Stranger Things at this point is like, I think kind of, it's, it's over. It's done. It's happened. And the crown is kind of the same thing. It's like I want the Euphoria kids to get onto Stranger Things and fuck that city up. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than those demi dogs ever would. Well, that is it. Those are the shows. Everybody's been introduced. We have no choice, guys, but to move on and kick some shit out. When we come back, our very first battle. For the first time in the history of us doing these podcasts, a show covered by the superhero hour hour <laughs> not only made it to the bracket, but is the number one fucking seed. HBO's Watchmen tore out of the gate with a recreation of the Black Wall Street Massacre and then spent the next nine weeks uh, doing something we never thought we'd see, a thoughtful adaptation of Alan Moore's work, something that knows the original material and what it stands for, but also isn't intimidated by it or too scared to make it their own. On the other hand, we have the second and final season of Lodge 49, a show almost as hard to explain to people as Watchmen. Lodge 49 tells the story of Dudley, a former pool cleaner who gets wrapped up in the secrets and not-so-mysterious mysteries of his local fraternal order, complete with ceremonies and robes. The story doesn't matter as much as just hanging out with Dud, his twin sister Liz, and his frat friend Ernie, as they and we get to watch this slightly twisted world through their eyes. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is it almost poetic that the show tasked with taking down the overall powerhouse number one seed is the shaggy underseen Lodge 49? Yeah, any other one would, like, hurt more. It's almost it's unfair that Lodge 49's in the drama bracket and it wasn't on the comedy, where I think it could have gone pretty far. The show is delightful. It is super funny. It's so, good. it's so it's very funny. It's very like, but not like punchline jokes. It's just off the wall, weird, atmospheric, funny, and it exists completely in its own space. There's no other show that's like Lodge Forty Nine that explores you know friendship and spirituality and how badly we need to belong to things uh, in quite the same way that this show does. And it's very and the blinders will put on in order to keep mm-hmm. that feeling going. Yeah, and then on top of that, the way that it is composed and shot is very rich in terms of like the doubling of imagery that you see in a lot of places. And so it was always fun to watch like, oh, wow, this shot is like a recreation of a tarot card that was big earlier in the season. And that sort of like very clever usage of it things. It shows it almost tries really hard to make you think that we would ne- – like the people behind the camera would never try to do anything impressive like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to lull you into this like stoner thing that like it's supposed to like I think attract Big Lebowski fans, but – overshoots that movie mm. by so much. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's the, the the tension that is central to the show is, is this organization actually doing anything? Do they have, like, these spiritual powers? Or is spirituality just, like, a belief system that we adhere to because it, it gives our lives meaning? And you constantly go back and forth between, like, wow, these guys actually can do maybe like there is some magic here or maybe there is some big international organization that's like controlling everything to just like these guys are just sitting around in a bar and hanging out Mm -hmm. and the show never really tells you which of those two things is true although 
it's, especially in this season, a lot of really deeply unexplained things happen. A character, like, in one episode goes through a door and ends up, like, in a snowstorm. And this is set in Long Beach. Or, like, just rats just all of a sudden come out of nowhere. Yeah. Unicorn donkey. Unicorn no, donkey. No, doesn't yeah. make sense. Or Paul Giamatti is just on the show. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. <laughs> well, I didn't know in the first season that he was reading the audiobook. Did you know that? I didn't know that he actually was already in the show, no. Cass, is this, A, is this show your shit? And B, how do you explain it to someone? That's what, it's 100% my shit. And all, the only way to explain it is, like, the storyline doesn't matter. What you're there for is, like, the feeling and the friendship. And literally, like, every show, every episode, you're, like, you get, like, sucked into this magical world where you're, like, oh, my God, magic is real for them. Uh-huh. But then you're, like, oh, wait, no, friendship is the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait, no, the Just lodge like is magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, it's 100% my shit. I'm yeah. all for this. I will say the show, this season, as I sort of, not really, just a little bit, but sort of started to get tired of Dudley's antics, Liz shot up and became oh, yeah. my oh, favorite God, character yeah. on TV. Just her, like, sort of half-assed desire to become a sort of productive member of society, yeah. and then her ultimate freak out every time she gets close was, it didn't hit home at all. <laughs> it's just her owning up, like, I'm going down the chute. Like, hell yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, you just file. I'm all about that. It's, it's very relatable because Dud got annoying just because when you first meet him, you'd be like, what a charming, fun guy. But if you knew him in real life, you'd be like, no, fuck this. And, mm. and and just the the stakes are not high in this. Everybody's goals is to be like the best. Wait a minute. There's a, there's a restaurant called Higher Stakes. <laughs> but that, ironically enough, not very high stakes. Everybody just wants like to live semi comfortably, like to live on the like the what's Warren say the ragged edge of the middle class. That's their goal, and they can't attain it. That's fucking so true, man. We just want to hang out with our friends and have I don't know a <laughs> meal. <laughs> watching the show with my wife who I love deeply and is very very smart uh, an hour and a half or maybe two episodes after they introduced the restaurant to higher stakes and for her to be like higher stakes <laughs> that was my favorite TV watching moment of the year take me to higher stakes oh yeah this is going up against Watchmen and we have a show to we didn't mention <laughs> we have to be careful to not just give the award to the show that is just more important like does Lodge 49 Stand a chance here. Is there any way that this Shaggy and Scooby of a show can make it past Watchmen? I say stands a chance. Stands a chance. I'll okay. Take it. I say stands a chance, but that's not that's not saying a ton. It's a very good. <laughs> it's a very good show, and if it were stacked up against maybe a lot of the other, other ones, one. yeah, it, it, it would do great. Mm. But Watchmen, it's not just that it was a cultural phenomenon. It's it, HBO. It's. <laughs> it was legitimately the best TV. I mean, I it's going to be hard to imagine any of these shows taking it out. So now the show is ruined, right? Like we're like 10 minutes in and you've already just deflated all the tension in the show. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I did, I I try to do that in all our shows and I'm very I'm very rarely correct about what actually wins. Well, yeah, even when you're on Superhero Hour Hour, you would jump in when <laughs> yeah. somebody was trying to host and you'd be like, "Mike didn't like Arrow." <laughs> now, why why are we even doing this show? Well, it's because like Greg and Tension are not friends. If there was a Wikipedia of best of the year TV dramas 2019, Greg would read that rather than be on it. But we haven't written that yet, so he has to be sitting it. So I think it's just an easy way to deflate that tension. It's hard because, I mean, Lodge 49, and I think we'll get to this conversation again later, is I think closer to a perfect show than Watchmen is. But Watchmen, if it doesn't accomplish everything that it tried, it tried so many fucking things that what would you say? Is anybody leaning towards Lodge well, right now? I think what's interesting about these two shows, even though if vibe and everything feels like they, they shouldn't be comparable, is both of them are trying weird shit that other shows on TV are not. 
Yeah. That, but one is doing it very shaggily, but meticulous behind the camera. And Watchmen, you see the work, and I feel like we're all pretty fooled by that. You're like, oh, that looked, I bet that was hard for them to write and act and do. Uh, <laughs> and not taking anything away from Watchmen, but it's easy. We can see Babe, Babe Ruth's arm point out the sky where it's easy to be like, I just want to see this guy on crutches. He's a goof. You know, one thing that I think makes it hard is Watchmen. This is the first and only season of Watchmen, so we know we're not getting any more Watchmen. Mm-hmm. We know we're not getting Lodge any more Lodge Forty Nine. Lodge Forty Nine. It felt like there was still a lot more to see from it. Watchmen was one of these shows where I would be disappointed if they made another season. Well, I think because of like how Lodge Forty Nine works, it could go on for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, like nothing happens in the best way possible. Yeah, you know, and to watch these guys just get old. And then Ernie would eventually have to die, though. Yeah. I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I could stand that. Dud right. kills him. Dud- they release. <laughs> they release. Whoa! They release scripts from season three. Dud kills him. He drowns Dud him in says, a pool. You know what? I'm tired of this happening to me. It should happen to other people, and then just bites him in the leg. <laughs> and you know that guy hasn't been to the dentist in 20 years, so Ernie gets gangrene and dies. Oh. Is there any? Are you guys at all like jealous of Dud's life? Like at one no. point, Dud gets married because there's a girl on her wedding night who says. Uh, man, Dud, you're living the life. Do you guys have any of those feelings? Yeah, so my little brother is Dud, and most of the time he makes me enraged, but sometimes it's like, you just don't care about it. You're allowed to just not, you could float, and people will just help you out. That's infuriating. Are all little brothers? I think that's a universal little brother brother thing, actually. You might be a little brother. I have two Duds in my life. (laughs) Is it Books and Cassie? Oh, yes. Yes. You found out. (laughs) <laughs> they're not just my friends. They're my little brothers. <laughs> the problem, though, is that, uh, one, he thinks that sandals, flip-flops are appropriate for every situation. Long Beach, baby. True. They're inappropriate for all situations. And two, I bet he's got a funk about him. Oh, yeah. I bet he does not smell Oh, him. yeah. Oh, for sure. I can smell him when he comes, comes on screen. <laughs> like, I know what that dude smells like. I, I can't believe incense. he paid for that scratch and sniff TV. <laughs> that was so much money. Dude. I am going to miss, like, the, how Long Beach the show mm-hmm. was. I mean, uh, in particular, like... There's a street that they love to film on. They mm-hmm. use several different times. That's like right next to my house. And there was something about the aesthetic of like it being Long Beach. And instead of Boeing, it's Orbis. But Boeing is like so big to Long Beach and the surrounding areas. I just, I love that. It's Lodge 49, Long Beach 49ers. Like it, it just, it always felt good to be like, we're being depicted. I Finally, now- Southern California gets a chance to be on TV. <laughs> I live now in a mansion in Burbank next to the pop-up uh-huh, studio. Of but course. I grew up in a place that was very close to a thing they referenced. At some point in the second season, somebody was like, oh, that's in Fountain Valley. Fountain, Fountain Valley. Fountain Valley was on TV. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> a nice place to live. A nice that is their motto. Fountain Valley. A nice place to live. It's I. Also, <laughs> they, they got the modern day kid pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, dude, modern day kid. Booyah. <laughs> I wish we could explain to the rest of the nation what that means. You're a modern day kid. You're a, you're a goddamn son of a bitch. All right. It is time. Here we go. Mike, Watchmen or Lodge 49? Watchmen. Kaylin? Watchmen. Oh, trickery. Ooh. Cassie? It hurts, but it's Watchmen. Greg? Uh, it stood a chance, uh-huh. but it's Watchmen. Watchmen moves on. Lodge 49, we will miss you forever. If you've not checked it out, please do. Although it, you fucking blew it. Like, you should have already yeah, checked it out. Maybe don't got, check it out. If you haven't watched it, then you are responsible for getting it canceled, yeah. and you should go fuck yourself. You hurt. <laughs> do you know how much you hurt Paul Giamatti's feelings by doing that? He was deeply invested in this show. And I just imagine if this went on for a long time, the kind of actors that like would be drawn to this show would yes. have been amazing to yes. watch. Yes. So true. Catherine Hahn totally would have been JK on the show. George, George Went from Cheers. <laughs> oh, jo- Went would have been all over this. 
Margo Martindale. <laughs> Watchman, congratulations. You just barely moved on. When we come back, darker stuff. It's the battle of the Netflix docudramas as number four seed When They See Us takes on number five seed Unbelievable. No one's going to, oh. Oh, dude, on, honestly, all, all I have said to myself since we started doing this segment is don't sing the song because this show is way too important and serious to do that. Well, I think EMF, the band that had the song Unbelievable, would think that they're also important and serious. Okay, wait. What about the cheese commercial song, Crumbelievable? That's a different Crumbelievable. thing. When They See Us is Ava DuVernay's miniseries masterpiece about the Exonerated Five what they had to go through to get their nickname changed from the Central Park Five, and all of the police and legal work that it took to get the boys in prison in prison in the first place. Unbelievable? Same thing, but with a rape victim instead of the accused. Unbelievable stars Booksmart's Caitlin Dever, an orphan who was raped, and is then pushed through the system until she decides to recant. Meanwhile, two cops who aren't awful pieces of shit work the case in a very non-Hollywood way until everyone meets in the middle. Mike and Greg, I ask you this. Which show... Made you feel worse for being a born a white dude? <laughs> oh. Oh. Fuck. I, uh, I guess when they see it. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because there's not one good white dude in that show. Oh. It's just shown if you're a white dude, you're the fucking okay, shit. Okay, wait. There is some hope for white dudes in Unbelievable, I think. When the cop at the very end. Not Dauber from Coach. Oh, not yeah. Patrick from SpongeBob. The other not one. Patrick <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob. When he says. I always thought bad cops were other people. Maybe I'm the bad fucking cop. I mm-hmm. I totally fucked this up, and I feel terrible. And now I'm gonna like reflect on what I've done. Versus the lady detective from mm-hmm. When They See Us, who was mm-hmm. just like, and everybody who is associated with this real life case does this. They all still swear that these still. boys, these children, were guilty. And the thing about this show is, it indicate like when I when I think of this event, I think of those guys turned out to be innocent. This show shows that the fix was in from the fucking mm-hmm. beginning. They rigged the timeline yeah. mm-hmm. to make it play. And the locations, they did every way in which they had to lie. And then at the end of it, they still buy their own bullshit. They created a narrative and they still believe it. So unbelievable at least gives you someone saying, I fucked up. And I think mm-hmm. at we are in a place in a culture where we have to realize the way that, victi- that the victim is not believed in this show is a way in which we still potentially or have recently disbelieved victims in real life. But the best part about that is that that cop uh, admits guilt twice, once to Tony Collette, one of the detectives, and then again to Caitlin Dever later on. And they're both like, cool, fuck you, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah they, no I love here. that. With a frozen face, they don't give him an inch. Not like, don't be so hard on yourself. That mm. was the fucking But Shows don't do that. That was amazing. Because your guilt does nothing. Don't bother to feel guilty about yeah. it. Do better or don't do it initially. Because it's still selfish because you just want my forgiveness. Yeah. McKenna, we'll go to you because, of course, you are a TV critic. Which one filled you with more rage? I honestly, like, I can't. I think I hurt myself with Unbelievable. I was angrier watching When They See Us. But I think that's because Unbelievable had been a story that I had followed before. And I knew all the details of. So I'm the reverse then. Yeah. So the initial rage was in the moment you know, that I first heard about the story behind Unbelievable. When they see us, I did not know the initial story and, oh, was just so enraged. So not knowing anything about the original story and some of the players in it, how did you feel about your president, not mine, popping up so often in the show? Uh, 
Was the, Thanks. Was, do you pro- at this <laughs> at this point? Do you promise not to vote for him in the, in the Can next election? Can we just election? get a pinky swear right? Can you I will say, try no? better, okay? okay. <laughs> but I'm because McKenna, you claimed that there was a banana peel in front of the voting booth, and you and slipped. I slipped. And, yeah. Listen, it happened. He I was sabotaged. It was not me. He is shown briefly in it, considering the fact that this is like a big stain on his legacy. He's shown only briefly in it, but he is saying things that I don't even want to quote and it's just as part of like a a TV interview but he basically alleges that like the best position in society is to be African American although he does not say it that way and like just a little bit intelligent and then he talks Mm -hmm. about that for like a minute and a half and it's very it's 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 not eye-opening it's remind I guess it reminds you I, I remind yeah. him that the smartest <laughs> thing the show did was it just showed a real late night clip from him. Like, they didn't have an actor do it. They're just like, no, this yeah. is real. Mm-hmm. It's like in uh, The Big Short when they have to stop the movie and say, this really happened. This is the show doing that. And it didn't hit it over the head. Like, it could have easily been, this is a, a show about these boys' journey, but it's about now and how awful this guy is. And that would have removed a lot of the power from the show. It was just enough to be like, this this happened and this is part of the story and let's like move on and not focus on them too much. Part of what both of these shows say uh, is that people who are innocent and victims of crimes don't always act in the way that we think they would. We think yeah. that innocent people would never say that they're guilty of something, but actually that's the opposite is true. Almost anybody will admit to anything in the face of enough pressure and victims. She did not act exactly like we think a victim is going to act because there's not one way a victim acts, but we expect that. And because of that, they disbelieved her right away. And then she picked that up and went with mm-hmm. it. Well, and there's still such a, a strong belief that like, if something traumatizing happens to you, you're going to remember every detail yes. perfectly. And people still hold on to that too. And yeah. that's exemplified so well in th- the entire and, first episode. And then yeah. on top of all of that, we have this feeling of like, uh, cops are essentially like real life superheroes and can do no wrong. Of course they would never capitalize on uh, like a victim's trauma or try to fulfill a quota or just push these things through so they can get as much you know, as many cases solved as possible. Instead, we watch cops in both shows be like, so this is what happened, right? This is what happened. And by the way, if you don't say this is what happened, then you're going to go to jail for the rest yeah. of your life. And by the way, if you do say, I'm not going to tell you this now, but if you do say this is what happened, you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life. They create... Yeah, in bo- both it's just like, they're taking these hungry children, like literally hungry, yeah. like they're not eating for hours and just putting so much pressure. And they're kids who have dealt with the system before often and... The system only sucks, so it's like, how do I get out of this as quickly as possible? Yeah, I, like they keep saying, if you if you say this, you get to go home, and, and that, that's such like that's such a huge incentive. I would love to be fucking home right now. That first episode where, um, and when they see us, where he's asking his sister just to sign it, and he's just sobbing. Mm-hmm. That example, that yeah. is just such a heartbreaking moment. It, ugh, ugh. It, there's that, and then there's for Tron. It's uh, Michael K. Williams is his dad, and is saying just agree with them because mm-hmm. he's been through the system in his past. He's like, we'll just get out of here. We'll figure it out later, and then spends his guilt by leaving his kid the rest of the time and not showing up. I mean, up we're, trial. we're sort of told by this show. I don't know about in real life, but by the show that like this dad did only one good thing for his kid, where he actually cared about his kid, and it was saying just sign the guilty paper, thinking that like that. Uh, now I'm being selfless, and then it turned out that no, that was as awful as everything else was. Both of these shows also show us that cops, the way they solve crimes, is they create a narrative. Yes. And then they decide they believe in it no matter what, and they will forever, even though it's their creation. 
and it blinds them. Mm-hmm. And that's also what Mindhunter, which was not which is not the bracket, was also about the way in which those FBI agents were blinded by their own narrative they created because they believe it so fully that they can't they don't allow for any deviation from it. And that's the best part of Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette's characters. And it's, I'm sure it's informed by the, the fact that they are women and detectives. It's that at every point they're trying to find the narrative. They don't immediately yeah. go, this is it. And then they're just working it out. And which is why they have a lot of fuck ups. Like so many shows are like, here's the, is that the killer? And at the end you're like, it was her best friend we knew. And like my wife and I turned to each other. We're like, we better not have fucking met him yet. Cause that doesn't yeah, happen. Totally. You guys both said and that to each sh- other at the exact same time. Yeah, and then we jinxed each other and then couldn't talk the rest of the night. We just wept silently while we watched the show. But no, yeah, bad cops want to get cases solved. Good cops, like, and uh, Tony Collette says this towards the end of uh, Unbelievable. She's like, I can't go on the raid. I can't go to the arrest the guy. I have a bunch of other fucking cases. Mm-hmm. But with the two uh, detectives that solved the Unbelievable case, they, it's not about solving cases. It's about, I don't want a rapist just be running around on the streets. I yeah. want to find the actual guy. And this guy is like, a, like he's like, kind of becoming a more proficient rapist like mm-hmm. he has just mm-hmm. started and is like becoming more like prolific and doing it more so he's like it's of necessity to catch him even more because he's getting like out of control all right when they see us versus unbelievable mike i'm not gonna go to you i'm gonna go to mckenna first mckenna what are Good. we going with i uh, i've been torn on this one because i think they're both fantastic and doing so much but for me it's when they see us Gregory, I say yeah. When they see us, as well, it's not a it's not a slam dunk, but it's definitely when they see us. Mike, you can turn this into a yeah, tie. I think if- this is the hardest fight I think in the bracket, and one of the most surprising things about uh, Unbelievable is that the first uh, episode is just crushing, and then later it's like detectives can have fun together, and you're like, that's the Hollywood way. It's so brave of you to not start with that and then crush yeah. us. Uh, but with that, I burned through Unbelievable in a day and a half. And I had a drip drab when they see us because it was so powerful and so heartbreaking. Uh, and that, I think, what art does to you is part of it. And so it has to be when they see yeah, us. Yeah. It's a clean sweep because I think Unbelievable was important and it's very serious, but it is sort of by the book. Whereas when they see us, the, the decisions that they're making and the way that they are telling the story was so creative that I think that you could. I, I, it's possible that you're sort of bored by Unbelievable, as serious as it is. Mm-hmm. But when they see us, is such a fucking attention vacuum. You have no choice. You're constantly strung up high the entire series. Like, there's no let go. So when they see us moves on to fight Watchmen, that'll be fun. When we come back, the next battle. The first season of HBO Succession was Fine Plus, a prestige drama in tone and feel, but missing something. It was almost a little too tryhard. The second season skyrocketed past the first, becoming HBO's newest water cooler show since that one with the dragons went away earlier in the year. It goes so unfairly up against Undone, a show that Amazon snuck onto Prime as secretly as it could to make sure no one watched it. It tells the story of Anna, a floundering smartass who gets into a car crash and earns the ability to travel through time and speak to her dead father. It's also rotoscoped. Continuing 2019's trend of never being able to see what Rosa Salazar's, the actress who plays Anna and Alita Battle Angels, true face, <laughs> what her true face looks like. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you to stop with the showering of compliments and start nitpicking harder. Which show's unevenness was more apparent throughout the season? Caitlin? Uneven? Uneven. Um, well, Which show had more glaring flaws, do you think? Um... Honestly, I feel like Succession, but that's just me. I know a lot of people here like it, but a bunch of 
white people trying to get money. It's like oh, that's, that's your like, normal life. <laughs> so it's you don't, you don't so normal. Boring. Like that's where like Caitlin and I are going to come in super biased to this one because we went to business school and college. Yeah, and that's what oh. is. It's just like yeah. daddy's like sons out there Daddy, trying to like show off. You can't. Like, you're a woman, so you can't be a business person. So we're going to have to like ease you in a different way. And too. your tol- entire college was on the back of a yacht somewhere yes. in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. It just got so aggravating. After you know, a while. so Bahama yacht. You stuff. are you saying Succession wasn't surprising enough to really? I I don't a- think it was surprising much at all because it's like you kind of figure out they're just going to fuck everyone over and undone. I I really liked the art style that it was in and the way that it was presented. I feel like it was something fresh and new. Where Succession is like, I can go outside and see that. <laughs> or just watch TV. But they fly everywhere in helicopters. <laughs> yeah. and they're on cool yachts. I think yachts. there's something really compelling about watching a show about villains. Yeah. Like about bad people. They're I find all it bad very, people. Yeah, and they're you like all them. killers in yeah. Like yeah. they all just suck. And we have to, like, and we have to, like, we watch it and we realize that there's something about us that still will try to find someone to root for. Yeah. Yes. All awful. And then. Uh, How about Cousin so, Greg, though? <laughs> yes, even Cousin Greg. <laughs> you think Cousin even Greg? Cousin Greg is awful. <laughs> Um, but it's hard to like just say, okay, I'm going to try to not root for anyone. And it's still ridiculously compelling. Well, yeah, it's got to be Roman, though, right? Roman encapsulates the best and worst of what Succession has to offer, right? He's the most venial, but he's like the wittiest and funniest. Yeah, it's, he's funny, yeah. so you're like, well, I'll, vote, I'll, I'll lean towards Roman. But he's also... Set the humor. And also, I think everybody else lies to themselves and the world that they're dirtbags. And he leans into it. He's like, okay, give me the SJW yeah. bullshit. Like, he, he has no... Yeah mask and so you're like well i at least like that i like the code of i'm a piece of shit as opposed to uh who's cousin greg's like mentor tom the, oh the, the tom. fucking yeah. tom tom, tom like, is the the oh. slithering little oh. worm oh i fucking okay. hate tom it's but like wait, he's never he's a born guy, as just, a decent person like he that? never existed as a decent even yeah, as a no, child no he was just an asshole <laughs> but to keep in mind to make a tomlet you gotta break <laughs> a few Gregs. <laughs> you know that right there it's so brilliant. I think that I respect him more than I've ever respected anybody else. <laughs> he sent that email like 67 times. Well, he, he spent two weeks coming email. up with the phrase. I want to see the whiteboard with all the versions before he got to that. So he's like, I got to use it. I got to send it again and again and again. But a lot of times, or with a lot of the dramas that we're talking about, there's uh, not as much like, oh, I got to get to the next episode, right? Like we talked about Lodge 49 being a hangout show. And uh, the other two shows in The Last Battle were just like, please don't make me watch another episode. This is terrible. Uh, as awful as sex, uh, the people in succession are, I could not wait the week until the next Sunday. I, I think there, there, for whatever that counts at, there is a lot of similarities between this and Game of Thrones. That there's the dragons totally. and the blood, but it's it's the <laughs> it's the politics. They're all fucking Littlefinger, and it's really interesting if the character doesn't constantly say five dimensional chess to watch people try to play five dimensional chess is fascinating, and they're fucking each other over and they're trying to outwit each other. There's something alluring about that. One of my moves, and I'll just give you guys this tip for future endeavors. Uh, if you think that somebody is playing like five dimensional chess, add a dimension to that. Just say now you're playing six dimensional chess. I'm Mr. Mitchell Splitlicks, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you're only playing however many dimensions of chess your opponent is. So it doesn't, it's not better no, to play a more. But like, no, if I think that I'm playing like mm-hmm. 400 or 401 dimension chess, I slam a bop it in the middle of chess and be like, we're playing both at once. How many dimensions <laughs> is that? Undone. Undone was. Stunning. Yes. Though, right? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. the visual style of this show is so impressive. And, like, it made sense. It made sense to use this technology to tell this story in this way. Yeah. Why do you think? 
Why, why do you think they went with rotoscoping instead of filming actors? Because she has to enter into these complete dream states, yeah. right? Yeah, because you can't teleport, so, you know, you got to... Don't tell me what I can and <laughs> cannot sorry, do. Ryan, I'll I've teleport to right you. now. <laughs> but no, it's, it's not that. Like, we can film stuff however we want. It's sort of like the 1917, why do this all seemingly is one take? Why go with rotoscope instead of filming this? Be- they can do whatever they want I feel with like CGI. it works better with this. Yeah, even when they're, like, at a diner talking, the fact that their face is sort of moving, like... It, as the viewer, you're always kind of off hilter because none of it feels real. It all feels kind of dreamlike uh, and illustrated. It's, it's waking life, right? But as a show, and so it's it makes you unsettled in the best way. None it, of it feels real, but at the same time, all of it feels so very real that mm-hmm. you're constantly put on edge. Yeah. Like, is it real? Is it not real? And that's that's so like disorienting when like the whole like unreliable narrator yeah. is so fucking weird for us and then to also make them a cartoon as well mm-hmm. like it really does not sit well in your stomach and that's what makes it awesome and i i think that the amount of cgi that would be required they could literally do it but personally i'm like a cgi snob and i think that it, it like has really tailed off how much it's looked good recently mm-hmm. and this show would have looked totally booty if they tried to on the same budget they made this do all that CGI to do the kind of impressive things they were trying to get her to do, like falling back into bed. And then she's like falling through a black hole or whatever, you know, it just, I think it would look stupid. Cause as much as they're perfecting actual straight up, like high budget CGI, they also think they're per- like perfecting low budget CGI and they are not. Yeah, like, totally. We can tell guys, we can tell. We're going to make this affordable. <laughs> Did you guys, so undone is this whole, like, uh, we're going to get wrapped up in the philosophy and the character of Anna, who is, uh, endlessly endearing, despite the fact that nobody in her family thinks so. Because she's a huge asshole. What about uh, <laughs> watching Succession? Was it just gross? Was it just feeling like your skin crawled? Or were you surprised that like you were actually sort of into this more in a different way than you thought? For they Succession? Are, for Succession, yeah. They're a family with, with almost no virtues, but wit is a virtue. And watching them be witty is worthwhile because the, the dialogue in the show is very, very sharp. And so I think that, like, for me, that was a big part of it. Just watching any two characters talk to each other is bound to be very fun, especially if it's, like, the Roman. father or Roman, Fuck. you know. Or Shiv. Shiv's also Shiv. good at the yeah. talking. Shiv. Oh, Shiv's crushing. Dude, this was the season of Shiv. Yeah. And she threw her husband under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> She's just yes. so brilliant. Hey, to make a Tomlet, you got to break, break a few Gregs, Look, right? you'll only marry kind of guy like that to someday throw him under the bus. Yeah, dude. Oh, sure. Sure. And see, did that first scene. Human Do you want to leave our honeymoon? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> well, one of the and then just watching uh, her pitch open relationship because she already yeah him, yeah to him and him like all right that's such classic Tom. <laughs> but I mean, speaking as the resident like idiot here, I could say like <laughs> Succession didn't like I didn't care about the wit or anything. Like once I knew they were all pieces of shit, like I was like, all right, that's the show, cool. Yeah. Oh, so There's you're nothing- all pieces of shit. <laughs> There's nothing interesting. But it's compelling stop. also to see how much they can lack compassion for like their, their family. Like I'm compelled by that. Like how much of an asshole can you be to your siblings and keep digging them down while they're already down? Like there- that's interesting. I think that yeah, I think that's a brilliant way to put it, especially because. I love my family, but what's the main guy's name that we haven't talked about yet? Kendall. Kendall. Oh, Kendall oh, just yeah. said something. I have a chance to throw him under the bus. I'm, I'm going to do it real keep quick. Doing it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Hail to totally the OG. I'm looking out for you, but you could go down instead of me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kendall playing the long con, right? Including that just that wonderful rap. The, the rap was right? the song of the year. Was yeah, that dude. 2019 mix that, that was seriously the dinosaurs in love of its time. <laughs> just as precious, a child singing about how much he loves his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> his papa. We're almost out of time, so uh, 
I would be remiss if we didn't take a chance at this. Uh, Mike, which succession character are you, do you think? Uh, I feel like I want to say Roman because we all want to say Roman, right? But it's probably we're all probably all fucking cousin Greg. Greg, which one are you? Uh, although this is very confusing to me because my name is Greg. Uh, and because I always associate myself with the stupid worst person, I think probably I'm Kendall. Uh, I like to party. Everybody knows that about Greg. Greg likes to party. You worked for uh, your dad for a little while. I worked for my dad. And like Kendall, the, here's the thing about Kendall. He's smart enough to do it, but he just chokes in the moment. And I am the world's biggest like choke in the moment. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it's definitely that. I'm Kendall. We can't know who you. You know, I think I, I'm a mix of them all, but I think deep down I have a lot of shiv in me, which I don't think is a great thing, but uh, that's true. <laughs> Cassie? I mean, hearing everyone's reaction to it, I feel like I'm just Tom. I just feel <laughs> oh, man, no. <laughs> Come on. I also think I'm a Tom, though. Yeah. And I hate <laughs> every Donald second Tom. of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> Caitlin? Uh, is there a dog in this? I can't remember, <laughs> but but I really connect with There's any dog or animal in this. What's the pig game that they play? Boar on the floor? Boar on the floor. <laughs> Does that count? Oh, man. I'll take it. <laughs> Boar on the floor! <laughs> All right. It's Brian Cox. It's fucking... I, this guy that I used to love so much, I just cannot look at now. Uh-huh. Did you guys see him uh, deal with like Sesame Street Muppets as his character from... <laughs> no, really? Yeah, no. Look that up. What? <laughs> He's, we are he, out of he's time. the guy from Succession dealing with Muppets? I have no idea how this one's going to go. So let's start with Cassie. Succession or Undone? Oh, it's Undone. Holy shit, Caitlin. Undone. Michael? I understand that it's the story necessarily isn't new, but there's something with uh, zero flaws uh, and just so compellingly gross, it's Succession. <laughs> McKenna? Uh, I did love Undone, and I feel like I didn't get to really talk about it because I thought it was brilliant, but uh, it is Succession. And it all comes down to Greg, the Kendall of his own family, Uh trying to step up and decide which moves on. What's a better show, Succession or Undone? Uh, For me, Succession is the number two show of the entire year. This was a show, you said like Game of Thrones. Honestly, it did make me think of Game of Thrones. When I would be watching the episode and I would like look at the clock, I'd be like, oh man, only three minutes left. Like, and then... All the week, I would just be like, I wish you would disappear a week so I could get back to the part where, <laughs> I'm, true, watch- yeah. where I'm watching my TV show. Uh, Succession just kept me so fired up, and I'm glad I'm glad we have it in our lives, everybody. You said uh, Succession in number two in Kendall, and do you guys remember when Kendall number two in his bed in Succession? <laughs> <laughs> Was that two on the nose that Kendall keeps shitting the bed and then shits the <laughs> Literally bed? shitting the bed. Succession moves on. Sorry, Undone. You were awesome. It also yeah. did get uh, renewed for season two, so I don't yes. think that's necessary. I'm not sure where they go with that, but I'm glad to see more of it. When we come back, the final battle of the second round. This portion of the bracket is brought to you by couldn't be more up our own butts.com, <laughs> as we have a Ryan Murphy show about musicals in 1970s Hollywood versus baby mother fucking Yoda. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. The, the first one, Fosse Verdon, tells the story of Bob Fosse and his roller coaster relationship with his muse and wife, Gwen Verdon. The other one is The Mandalorian, or Mando, yeah. for short, <laughs> tells the story of a bounty hunter slash new daddy as he braves the wild, wild west of the Star Wars world. Taste buds, I ask you this. Are we ready to admit that The Mandalorian is just pretty good? Oh, fuck. Oh, oh well, fuck. <laughs> well, here's a question to decide swipe Ryan's because everybody wants to murder him right now is, uh, I forgot to ask this in the intro, What what is the mark of a good drama? What's a drama supposed to hour do long? for you guys? Be, at, be an hour. Just be 60 minutes. Just, just be, be an, an hour. hour. Like, it, should it delve into the human condition? Should you learn something? Should it make you feel anything at all other than coos? 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 Really? Yeah. That's what you're going with? What's 
Like who? Baby Yoda shows up. Oh, and you kill. Oh, 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 like oh no. I am not a character on Succession, so I would never call that. Listen, that. like the plural of coup, the thing that you would do to a baby yeah. or a baby would do to you. Not Coos. Okay. The thing that like a Vietnam soldier would call <laughs> this, hookers in Vietnam. This is, I apologize. This is when we have to go back to the discussion of what is your target? You A piece of art sets its target. And then how well do you execute? Because the targets are very different between these two shows. But still, one of them can target it and execute it so perfectly that it, it, it beats the other. I did notice that both these shows feature 50-year-old male babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg wins this one. Yay! For those of you who are not in the studio audience and are just listening, uh, Greg tipped his uh, like pork pie hat down and danced out of the studio. Yeah. After that one. I made direct eye contact with Ryan when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, Fosse Verdon is like, this is art. You guys, this is a extremely well done. I thought there was going to be more dancing. <laughs> okay, but Caitlin, because something doesn't line up with your expectations, doesn't mean it's bad. It's like there's not a lot of dancing. Well, there was a fair amount of dancing. dancing. Is it hard to like disavow uh, like your what you liked before? You know, like does this does this bracket? sort of rely on how big of a fan you were of Cabaret or Star Wars before you started. Well, even, I, f- I feel like I really like dancing, and I feel like I... Like... We know that, Caitlin. We fucking well, know I love <laughs> dancing, but they didn't give me the dancing, Ryan. And so how fan. am I supposed to vote for it if I didn't There's see no dancing. dancing in Mandalorian. Well, there was a Baby Yoda, Mike. <laughs> but no dancing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have always liked Cabaret. I've always liked musicals. I love history. I love people Nerd. yeah like I, I love all Man, that that got broader but... and broader i love oxygen <laughs> i love the planet I'm walking uh... <laughs> damn it i just lost my train of thought <laughs> you love musicals you yeah love history. so i think like that that was a show that was right up my alley and it was very well done like the, everything was so brilliant but i was not compelled to watch more yeah no, it was well, very yeah, boring like, i know this isn't <laughs> I, I know. Holy hell! I know no this, dancing. I know this isn't the only test, right? But we do bring it up occasionally. So, what day were you more excited? The day where you realized you had a new Fosse Verdon coming to you, Fosse or Verdon. a day yeah. you knew you had a new Baby Yoda coming your way, where you would get to see like five minutes right. at least of Baby Yoda? But you, you could be you could be super hungover, half asleep, or dead on the couch with a flu, and get the same amount from Mandalorian. And Fosse Verdon makes you chew it a little. Does it? And yeah, I, I think definitely. Like, I think so. To, yeah. The, yeah, these are despicable. Bob Fosse is a despicable person who's very, very talented. Like we, we've seen a lot of those kind of characters, but what Rockwell does with it, and what Michelle, these Michelle are the two best Williams out right now. Michelle Williams bleeds Rockwell in the dust. That is true. Although I would think that it, like if movie? we had to do a <laughs> movie show, uh, acting awards from the eight shows that we have, this is best actor and best actress, right? Yes. Yes. That, Man- that versus best. Mandalorian, uh, is that we're talking I guess, about? is what Mandalorian wins. Best. Uh, I mean, what I think that we all want is that if there was a show called Yoda Verdon, where yeah. we just watch oh. her be his muse. Okay, but let let's also let's point this out. IG Eleven, right, guys? That droid, that oh, yeah. Taika Waititi, right? So that's not just Baby Yoda. There's more. It's, yeah, the, the, and I love Mando. I I find that like I love the lone gunslinger Mando! guy with the code. That's such a it's a it's a fun character we don't see a lot of now. Uh, I, I think it's very brave to do when every show right now is saying how much fucking plot and yeah. bullshit and character arcs mm-hmm. can we throw to have a pretty sparse, mellow show. And it's done 
really, really well. I totally agree. Like, this is the closest to one and done you can be and still make it this high in the bracket. And yeah. I would like to applaud it for that. But I would also like to say congratulations, Mandalorian, that you made it this far. Why don't you, why don't right. you get uh, fucked out now? See, I thought I was super critical about The Mandalorian because I, I really didn't like pissed. I didn't like the first two episodes because I thought they were kind of boring. How but ca- then I, I Everybody's like just it, hurting my feelings on, on this but, show. But I feel like it did. I mean, it got more Baby Yoda. It, it <laughs> got a lot the better. Right <laughs> there was a lot more going around, and I really liked it after that. So well, Let's think about it like this. Uh, Fosse Burnham went out and got Michelle Williams. Mandalorian went out and got Gina Carano mm-hmm. to do most of the heavy lifting as yes. far as acting goes. Does that hurt mm-hmm. it at all? She's the she's the, the wrestler fighter, she's, right? Yeah, she's the fighter. Yes. That was like, oh, I'll just be in this show. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't my favorite part of it, but... Is that to bring her fan base with her? Because, like, uh, I think what they wanted for that character is they wanted a woman of, of her build, like a, a, an attractive woman who's built like she is. But Who could beat the shit out of me. Okay. Maybe save some money on stunt people. Okay, yeah. but, like, yeah. can't you... There's actresses that, that are that. Like, she... But, she, I mean, she's trying to be an actor. Like, she was great in Haywire, not as an actor, but as a bruiser. Like, so I do think they like that. They like the idea that you don't have to do a stunt and cut away. Haywire is one of my favorite movies of all time. But in a lot of ways, she is a lot like Vin Diesel. And, like, I love how bad you are in this movie that I love. <laughs> <laughs> but when she's, like, the rare exception, most people deliver great performances. Nick Nolte, Horatio mm-hmm. Sands. Right, we're getting like pretty good performances from we, people. The show bursts open with a lot of Horatio Sands. Yeah, dude, and he is yeah. he is not Star Warsing up his performance. No, he does Star Wars up his performance. Horatio yeah. Sands is like, "What's up, I'm Horatio." Yeah, Sands. Yes. hey like, guys, like, oh. killing the devil, <laughs> Barry Power. <laughs> Do I owe you money? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. With all the Star Wars, I just lost track of it. It's in my other pouch. I think that, Greg, I think that you're right that The Mandalorian, despite having a lower bar, much, much, much lower bar, clears it more than Fosse Burden does. But yeah. it is a lot lower. But it is a lot lower. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do we do with that? I Honestly, I think it, it depends on how you feel, what you really want out of, out of your TV. Um, but for me, I always find the things that ultimately get me more excited are just chewier. And Mandalorian is perfect at what it tries to do but that that bar is a lot lower i i'm excited to see more from the mandalorian but when we see like tv shows that are honest to god art i feel like we want to gravitate towards those and that's what fossey verden is it's like a novel that you watch and watching something's a lot easier than reading everybody did did anyone get the feeling like while watching fossey verden i understood why it was made but i also wondered did it like just because you were a fantastic person do you have to have a show made after you that's a good point is like like, mm -hmm. uh we find out at some point that sam rockwell is like another white male artist asshole here's a show bro like go off it didn't seem necessary it didn't seem to fit and i think that takes away from the art aspects of it also didn't ryan murphy do pose and yeah. Pose was amazing. And I feel like going Pose into... Pose last year. Yeah, Pose yeah, was po- Exactly. Show Pose was year. really good. And knowing that he did Pose and then watching this, I was disappointed. Not only because of dancing, but also because I had this high standard for Ryan Murphy because he does come out with a lot of really great shows. He makes Glee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his, that he was a Glee, while he made, ago. He made all the American <laughs> Horror Stories. Like, So he goes like good and bad. I think... Who, look at who his number two is on each show. And that's the person driving... The, how the quality of the show. I, I think it's very like specific that it's not called Fosse. 
You know, like they mm-hmm. want to make sure that uh, Michelle Williams. We, it we, should have been fucking called Verdon. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> well, I think that's the point of the show is it's Bob Fosse. We've all heard him. Even if, if you don't really like musical, you, that name does something in the back of your brain. But the whole point of the show is like, is the behind every good man thing is like a, an infinitely more talented and a better human being woman. <laughs> but like, <laughs> sort of what McKenna was alluding to, one that like sort of puts up with the shit and puts him in the foreground mm-hmm. and now we all have to watch another fucking show about that person. Celebrating. Even yeah. not celebrating who they were as a person but celebrating what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think it's necessary. Okay. I think it's time, guys. This one, I really don't know how it's going to go and so when that happens, I'm going to McKenna Fosse Verdon <laughs> or the Mandalorian. For me, it is the Mandalorian. You should feel guilty. I don't. <laughs> you just feel bad about yourself. Cassie? Yeah. Oh, you, you want do you not know what I'm going to ask you? <laughs> What's up? What are you guys doing here? Let's go, guys. Cassie, it's Fosse Burden or The Mandalorian. I mean, they set that bar low, and as a personal like life motto, set that bar low, get over that. The nice. Mandalorian. Greg. It pains me to say, because I do want to get caught up in this recent Mandalorian hype, but I just thought Fosse Burden was... I. I don't. I don't think it's really that much about Fosse. If anything, it's about Verdon, and then it's kind of about their partnership because I do think they work well together. But she's the star of it. Uh, Michelle Williams is amazing in it. It's Fosse Verdon for me. Michael, I think it does Mandalorian a disservice to be. We should have. We don't do enough. We don't watch enough at these end of the year shows. There should be an action adventure bracket because a comedy does a different thing than a drama does a different thing than an action adventure. Uh, and I would like to see more shows based on partners where there's one who gets all the fucking hype and people say he's talented and there's one who's just quiet behind him pushing Ryan along. Oh, um, darn. Oh, my vote is for Fosse Verdon. All right. And I have fucked up as a host. Yes. I have done the <laughs> worst thing I can possibly do. Yep. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, it all comes down on Caitlin's shoulders. It is two to wow. two. Fosse <laughs> Verdon versus The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, let me remind you. Yep. No dancing. A show that uh, <laughs> you have been on Superhero Hour Hour. Yes. that you did not like. Yes. And I'm hoping that you continue to not like it. Caitlin, decide the fate of the bracket right now. Wow. Um, I just have to go with the one... With the child, it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> this is uh, under protest. This is all under protest from here on out. The show's getting an asterisk. The Mandalorian moves on, and when we come back, our final four of Caitlin. Do you want to tell me what it is? Yes, final four is uh, Watchmen. Moving on, and also when they see us, Succession, and the Mandalorian. Motherfuck! <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. When we come back, it's the final four. And we're back. Caitlin, if you could do me a favor and read the top two and then come up with a very clever question to ask the group on the fly. Your top two choices are Watchmen and When They See Us. My question for all of you is, which one made you feel like a person? Ooh, that's like good. You know what? For off the top, I'm not... I don't hate that. <laughs> uh, like, just like a cereal chomp and stomach ache having yeah. person? What, what made you uh, feel? Cereal chomping stomach ache. <laughs> Honestly, I guess when <laughs> there's no I guess when they see us because it's very much grounded in our world since it's something that really mm-hmm. happened. It's interesting the way they interplay with each other because these are both about racial social justice, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So the fact that they go are going against each other is pretty interesting. But one has superheroes. Yeah, but one yeah. does have superheroes. Yeah, one's so upper butt, and I maybe this is where the. If it's upper butt, we vote for it. Can start to go away. 
uh, that's not what should matter here. What should matter is how good are the actors. And Regina King is the best actor. Fuck. Yeah. She's really good. I my argument halfway yeah, through. She's amazing. And now I'm sad. And Watchmen is... Is it almost a perfect show? Is that too much? No, I think that the argument for Watchmen is that it's so unperfect, but brilliant in its lack of perfection. Uh-huh. Like, it tries so many things and fails at so many things, but you have no choice but to admire all the things that it tried. <laughs> I know? think it does really good at being a superhero show without feeling like it's a superhero show. Because a yeah. lot of times you have the TV shows like The Flash and Arrow and everything, which are... I haven't seen those. Are those good? <laughs> <laughs> which are very much wrapped up in its own world, whereas Watchmen almost feels like you can trans- be transported in there and like live in that world because it's so real. I think the big battle right now is if we pick Watchmen, is it because we love comic books and shit and it's up our butt? Or if we pick When They See Us, is that just being guilty that like we have to pick it because it's so much more important than Watchmen? I mean, Watchmen's about uh, the same stuff, right? Like, I, it's just, do you, how do you replicate life in art? Do you do it by being as realistic as possible, take a real thing that really happened and tell it in a very realistic way? Or does art benefit from telling facts in a way that is fantastical and portraying larger than life things and then still bringing home like it bringing it back to human emotion but at their core they are both about lack of racial social justice and what it has done to america as individuals and the collectively and how it like i do not care if you think that what i'm saying is wrong it doesn't matter it's so invested in our dna that like we cannot get away from it like this like we are from the ground up, racist in some ways, and I cannot believe how both of these shows covered it, like th- that exact same thing in very different ways. Ra- racism I- is not something like a disease like that we have. Mm-hmm. Racism is like our genetic material, and we are actually constructed out of it. So it's not something that we can separate from ourselves because we are socially constructed as racists. Not the six of us, but all other people. Oh, <laughs> everyone else. I think there's something to be said about The Watchmen that if you take away the superhero aspect of it, it still feels very much like a show that could be our future. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. getting at that level of like the equal level of when they see us as serious matter. And and for the Watchmen, it's also interesting that their villains all have ambiguities. You, you Adrian Veidt is sometimes heroic, sometimes a villain. Same with Lady True. Uh, I guess all except the the KKK. They, they, they're pretty much just the Those you don't guys. want to defend the KKK. Uh, Those guys seem bad. <laughs> but like where they see us. I mean that that the Felicity Huffman's head detective who she's there's never a human moment of her. There's never a moment you're like, oh, they humanized her well. There, it's only she is she the is, fucking KKK. She's the biggest. She's the fucking red. She's star. O- like, always, <laughs> yeah, dude, she is. She's like cartoonishly villainous, and the real woman is too. Yeah, that yeah. that didn't help. <laughs> yeah, the, the TV show was trying to say like, I swear to God, this shit actually happened. Yeah, dude, I'm not. We're not exaggerating anything. This is who this person was. She straight up did write books. About yeah. like, like based on her mm-hmm. career of putting these five black kids in jail. There's no way Watchmen could be as over the top as this real person actually is in the way that they have actually acted. If they did it in Watchmen, we would judge it yeah. as yeah. being unrealistic. Oh, that was too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What I like about Watchmen is uh, we have moved the same amount of time uh, since the comic actually came out. And now instead of the conservative state that we have, they have an ultra-liberal state. But it still has all the same problems, basically. Like, they have addressed all of their problems differently, but it has resulted in still the same basic terrible situation. And it's because, ultimately, no matter what side of the political spectrum wields power, power has that corrupting influence and makes things basically just as bad. And, I mean, that's a pretty good argument. I uh, I wish I was about to say something else instead of the thing I'm about to say. But 
<laughs> when they see us, it comes from one very uh, obvious angle of um, liberal is good, you know, and Watchmen does come at an angle where, like, there's a cop in the first episode who, if he was allowed to use his gun, would not have died. Yeah. But, like, they're saying liberals took this to the point where we have made sure that nobody can use guns. You know? Yeah. Like, Watchmen, like, it did not come from a, as specific an angle. And I'm not saying that DuVernay was wrong in her angle. She is right about all the stuff that happened. But yeah, be, be, if, if it was just preachy, it'd be annoying. But the, the the level of writing and acting around it, those kids are fucking phenomenal. Oh They're some of the best yes. actors in all of our shows. And their kids. Kids aren't supposed to be able to act. Go watch first Harry Potter. They all suck. <laughs> uh, and the thing these kids do, it's fucking mind-blowing. The one kid who, with the like, do you guys remember the kid with the giant eyes? Like the saddest Corey? eyes that I've ever seen on anyone, much less a child. I cannot believe how good of an actor he was. The one who like wasn't even supposed to be brought yeah. in but the cops are like we're also gonna bring you in and he's like well i'll go with my friend you gotta admit you were black yeah he, now he's arrested you you knew you were black when you went into the park is that correct <laughs> not not only was he arrested he got thrown in right uh-huh. yeah, yeah they're all they, in juvenile and they're like mm, be, you're because 16, he's 16 even though you're just oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh it made me so angry i yeah uh i almost ran every cop car off the road i saw yeah. every time i watched legally that show. if you are 16 and black you are an adult Legally, if you are like forty-five and white, you are still yeah. basically just oh, a kid. You're a product so of you know a couple yeah. bumps in the road. Literally, listen, I they mean, grew up too rich. Humans weren't real. <laughs> there's th- there's a possibility here where we're looking at a when they see us versus Succession finale. Like that's gonna be the finals, and it's, yeah, it's just a bunch of forty-five-year-old white children versus five, uh, you know, sixteen-year-old black adults. That one's gonna be rough, but we'll see if that happens. Here we go. Michael, Watchmen versus When They See Us. I, I hate you, Ryan, because uh, <laughs> until you started talking about the complexity of what Watchmen was doing, I was in the bag for I wanted to go in here making When They See Us win. I think it's the most important show of the year. Uh, but fuck, complexity, man. That's my watchword. That'll get me every time. And Watchmen, there's no easy answer. Who watches the ever. watchwords? <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> the wordsmith. <laughs> me, the wordsmith. So Watchmen, yes. McKenna? I was like hoping I was going to go later. Like somehow I'd get ten minutes added to just invisible time, so uh-huh. I could think about this more. Um, and I do. I love both of these shows, and I'm just I'm going to go with when they see us. We're going to take a break. Uh, Cassie and Caitlin, what are the odds that you guys watch when they see us? After hearing all of this, is there a chance at all? Oh my god, no, okay. no, no, guys. no way. <laughs> and it all comes out of this, Greg. One of these shows that starts with a W, uh-huh. which is their big thing in common, is going to move on. Is it Watchmen or When They See Us? We ask if something is too much our style of a show, but this is our show. This is this is what represents you know what what we like, and I think these are two different lenses of looking at the same issue. And the one that resonated with me more and made me more excited was Watchmen. And do you feel guilty about that? No, I don't because it's they're about the same issues. They're they're both about racial justice and the lack of it and the consequences of never coming to terms with what we have done in this country and not really being able to look at the problem or address it and how that's perverted our country or this version that exists in the Watchmen. So it is so weird that like this bracket was set up by critics and then we sort of came in and we fucked it up and then these two came up against each other and are in so many ways the same show. Yeah. Yeah. It, to be so different, but to, to really tackle the same issue. But yeah, for me, definitely it, it is Watchmen. Watchmen moves on to the finals. Woo! 
and it will go against Caitlin. Yes. <laughs> Watchmen versus Caitlin. <laughs> who wins? <laughs> Caitlin, who's the, what's the next two shows? Next two shows are Succession and The Mandalorian. Uh, question on the fly, Caitlin? My question for you is, how cute is Baby Yoda? Too cute. So oh, so cute. cute. What was the best episode of The Mandalorian? Let's talk about a lot about The Mandalorian right the, now. Cause the it's finale was the best one. I know the worst yeah. one. The worst one was uh, with, what's her name from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, yeah. And I love her, Ming-Na Wen. Mm-hmm. And I love her on S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's it's like she forgot how to act. They forgot what to do. She was it fine, was, but then was there was that ass. other guy in the episode who I think is a son oh. of a famous person. Yes. Who is it? Do you remember? I, I They're never good. Remember. Uh, and he was awful. Like, yeah. He was this like, new blend of like Han Solo, but a little bit worse. Oh, oh that what episode is this? It was annoying. Is yeah. that the one they go to the village? Yes. Yeah, that is oh, Tatooine. Yeah. No, it worse. wasn't that one. Oh. It's a oh. different one where there is the voice of um, from BoJack Horseman, the cat. She had like Amy Sedaris. Yes. Yeah. Amy Sedaris. Hall of Famer, yeah. Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Dressed exact. She plays... Ripley yeah. He watches Baby Yoda as he goes out in the town. I don't really remember what he does besides meeting up with the Han Solo dickish dude. Mm-hmm. He was awful. They yeah. travel yeah. together for a while, and he then he tries dying. to steal Spoiler. the child and yeah. to die. Yeah. In the show that I really like, though, it's hard to pick between the first and the last. Like the first and the last episodes were near perfect as far as like this show g- kind of goes. You know, it sort of wants to be a Saturday afternoon show in uh-huh. all of the best mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, you know, the, the it does all the little things right. And let me give you an example. We talk about Baby Yoda, of course. We love Mandalorian and his armor. But you could spend just an hour talking about the Mandalorian's rifle. Mm-hmm. It does so many different cool things. So things. And it's so, so cool. iconic looking. Uh, it's got like a shock thing at the front. Mm-hmm. He hits people with Little it. He daddy. shoots people from a long distance. Obviously, he only has like a couple of those bullets. So mm-hmm. he's got to be like very careful with them but it it does all of those things like his flamethrower and his grappling hook and everything and now he's got a jetpack yes you like you get attached to these items these items are almost characters of his and that's a really cool thing that's and how like, quickly he attunes yeah he attunes really that's, quickly that's very quick. but see that's we are <laughs> we do live in an era of video games and D and we get excited about items we do so like it makes sense that they would be in a show that's reflective of the type of culture we all exist in and really like what do you guys think about speaking of um amy sadaris and take it and bill burr yeah like the stunt casting on this show do you think that worked or did it not uh, often it did because horatio sands character even though he was only being horatio it lined up there uh who's the fart comic who was in that same brian episode Hussein. brian brian uh-huh. Hussein. uh those worked and it was like oh that's kind of funny it's just, I think, by nature of his weird fucking face and his weird fucking Bostonian accent, the, yeah. the stunt casting that worked the least was Bill Burr. And his name's Bill, fucking Bill, Burr. Bill Burr. And, you know, if Bill Burr were, like, an item in my house, I would let him go because he doesn't spark joy. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm never, I'm never really happy to hear from him or see him. Bill Burr's very good at, like, responding to hecklers, but I feel like if he heard you uh-huh. say that, he would be devastated. <laughs> would no he just broke my fucking heart. Why would you say that? <laughs> Which one is Bill Burr? He is. He was like one of the band when they were trying to break into that prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was gosh, a cool app. Yeah. That I was love a that great episode. episode. And you want to talk about like tackling just a type of story that go do the prison breakout. Like that's why this show is good because it's not in the middle of a whole big story arc. It's just they're like this episode we went and we tried to break somebody out of prison. That's the thing that I uh, I love about the show is that it will choose a trope and 
play with it a little, but not like try to prove how much they are yeah. better than that trope. You know? Yeah. Like, we're just going to do, this is our episode of this. We're, yeah, and we're going to, yeah, this is our entry into the series. It doesn't have to be better than, it doesn't have to be a response to, it's just one of them. Do you think that it could have made it far? I mean, like, we're in the final four. But this like, is incredibly far. This is incredibly yeah, this is far. <laughs> All right, then. We're, we're done with this conversation. Cassie, you've got to pick one, Succession or Mandalorian. Just because I know it has no hope, uh, I'm throwing my vote out there, Mandalorian. That's fucked up. That's what people did with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Ooh. That's how we got Trump. God damn it. Ooh. McKenna. Over there. McKenna. <laughs> McKenna, who's moving on? Uh, succession. Thank you. Thank goodness. Jesus Christ. Greg? Yeah, Succession. No, no question. Oh, um, it's for the best daddy. It's Mandalorian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it all comes down to Mike. I'm so glad I didn't leave this one to Caitlin. <laughs> the, I mean, the best, the daddy best daddy would start like uh, a media empire. Yeah, right? And yeah, right? fight and tear each other's throats <laughs> out. Your kids should never be close. They should never Wouldn't be friends. Wouldn't the Mandalorian have been so much better when Baby Yoda was playing with that like ball in the spaceship uh-huh. if uh, Mando was like, fuck off. <laughs> and just took a hot steaming piss in the corner of the honestly station. though uh, since Yoda we're, on the Florida since, since we're seeing it out the door when the Mandalorian unscrews the ball just to give it to baby Yoda oh, yes. oh come on even though so that, doesn't, that doesn't to me that doesn't seem safe he could choke but that is like the cutest thing ever Mike succession <laughs> moves on to fight against Watchmen when we come back we're gonna pick the winner of the drama bracket and see if either one of them have a chance against Faliba. Caitlin, do yes. me a favor and read the finalists off, please. The final two shows for you are Watchmen and Succession. And do you want to think of a question on the fly, or do you think we should just wrap this show up? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no. So is that like <laughs> either? You're just not going to do I abstain uh, like a brave I, person. <laughs> I, I think we could just wrap it up. Um, does anyone like Succession? Is that a good question? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. does, does anybody even I like this show? I obviously love Succession. I would harken back to what I said earlier, which is that it's a show full of wit uh, in ways that probably um, The Watchmen doesn't have. You know, there's not that there's not funny moments in The Watchmen, but the dialogue and how um, arch and funny it is in Succession. And it, I think it tells a different side of the of the story, which is that there's a, a political element to Watchmen, obviously, but uh, more of a corporate element, of course, to Succession. I love Succession. Like, I was surprised when it lost the number one seed and Watchmen took it over because uh-huh. uh, that's how much I love the second season but I do think that are we in a time where like the movie Bombshell you know where it was like about what was going on in Fox News and it was all against Roger Ailes but we had to then like prop up Megan Kelly as like a hero mm-hmm. and she betrayed us several times and that's not fun I wonder if like it's just it's just the character's succession make it so hard to get on board I think I think I think Succession is a fantastic show, but I think when it comes down to it, I loved watching it, and I did not get tired or not want to watch it, but I think when it comes down to wanting a show to give me something to root for, and Watchmen does that, Succession does not. You don't think all of their downfall is something to root for? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's true. (laughs) But that's interesting, though, is you you said some theme, not some one. Mm -hmm. Succession will never give you some one. No. can there be some theme? And yeah, I do think that... It's there, but not as not as much as Watchmen. It's not as much, but I, and I think that's what it's compelling. I also think part of why Succession works is because what you want to root for is like justice, them getting the downfall. But they point out like that there's no such thing as liberal when you have that much money because Shiv is the liberalist, and yeah. Roman guts her with it, and she can't 
be witty back. She's just like, yeah, you're right. Like the the only thing they're all into is money, no matter what side of the political spectrum they work for. What I think, and there's that too, is that like I brag often that I only watch scripted TV. Like I will never watch a reality show. <laughs> but when I see people that like love reality shows, I think I'm sort of getting that from this. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is the most perfectly shot, perfectly edited reality show. Just watching people be mm-hmm. awful. That I think other people get, like that's what they like from reality TV. And something that's so impressive is that what Greg keeps talking about is it feels like that's this family's love language. That's what they get their points on. Some family yeah. it's like cooking, <laughs> so, but it's how they like the only way you get respect is saying the sharpest, meanest thing you can. Versus like other shows that are very witty and back and forth, like um, Marvelous Miss Maisel or or Gilmore or anything by Amy Sherman Palladino. It's takes you out and it's arch and fake. And this is this is how these people are. And it feels very lived in in a surprising way. We're going to Cassie now. Cassie, you have said multiple times that succession can eat your fucking butthole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So now defend Watchmen. Why should it win instead of succession losing? It's doing so much more. Why do I got to defend this? It's obvious. It's white dudes versus like something that matters. Like, that doesn't matter at all. That's shit. It's shit. It's shit. You guys, it's shit. So you're saying white dudes don't matter because this is the first I'm hearing. Of yeah. Make it a hashtag and it'll blow up. <laughs> Okay, uh, if you had to pick out like one, the most memorable thing about this season of Watchmen, Cassie, what would you say? What did it do to you as far as TV watching that has never happened before? I mean, not that it hasn't like never done before, but it did really bring home like these important issues in a way that I didn't think it would hit at all. So it's surprising. Like I went into it like, you know, it's just a superhero movie. And I think a lot of people like went into it like it's just, it's just superheroes. And oh, I bet more. a bunch of people learn stuff without wanting to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is there, I think there's something to say for that where like it can kind of get people out of their comfort zone and to like experience things in a different way. Because it's, like, brought to them interesting and, like, filmed in cool ways and stuff, so. Is there any more in the middle of the Venn diagram of, like, conservatives and superhero fans? Or are <laughs> they just like, I can't fucking watch this shit anymore? Isn't it, isn't it the DC people? Release the Snyder <laughs> Cut. <laughs> the, the Schneider, yeah, the, the Schneider Cut people. Or the people who, like, uh... Like the cops who will wear, wear Punisher mm-hmm. badges yeah. like on their fucking shirt. They're Marvel only into comics in the 90s. Like, when it was just Mar- pouches and violence. Marvel keeps being like, could you guys not do that? <laughs> could you not like wear our shirts as you, you go commit crimes as cops? Caitlin, without giving too much away, yes. D- is this a fucking slam dunk? Like, Are um, we done here? Without giving it away, it's a slammy D, Ryan. <laughs> I, you just gave it all oh, away! Oh, sorry! Why would you answer like she that? Already, she already called for the show to just be yeah. over. <laughs> we have a competition after this one, and she's just like, yeah, let's just be done. I think that, uh, how about this? We ask this question a lot on the TV comedy bracket. Uh, does this show have a victory in its future? You know, like, does this first season show, will it win Best Comedy later? Do you guys think that Succession has it in it to win Best Drama in its third or fourth season? I do, but some of these ladies are riled. (laughs) 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 And we like to have them on our show, so their vote counts for whatever reason. So, but, like, the boys, obviously, this is our shit, but... uh, because we love Entourage. And ballers. I'm a big turtle guy. <laughs> I do think there's something, because I thought Succession Season 2 was better than Succession Season sure. 1. Yeah, right? So, I mean, there's no saying that Season 3 can't even blow Season 2 out of the water. There's no reason why it can't be better. Maybe bring in a person of color. But yeah. See what they have to say there about situations? Go. It just seems hard when Cassie and Caitlin went to school on the back of a yacht to learn business <laughs> yeah. for succession to overtake that. And we had to take school from daddy. So, you know, it just makes it harder. <laughs> oh, please just say father. <laughs> that was so weird the way take that Take school that. from daddy. <laughs> All right, let's get this over with so we can bring uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges into the mix. Michael, 
Watchmen versus Succession. Yeah, I think Watchmen pulled off more uh, exhilarating things, more surprising things. It's Watchmen. Caitlin. It's Watchmen. Oh, you don't want to do a whole fucking build up like Mike did? Just <laughs> song like, and dance. Not build up. <laughs> do you do that when you vote in like elections? Yeah, I just start <laughs> shouting out why. Fucking talk about Bernie on your way in there. Well, got to really. You shouldn't over. have. Shouldn't have to go bankrupt just because you have one medical emergency. Oh, that's a crazy thing to say, Greg. <laughs> oh, Corporate hack. This is why Greg's going to vote for succession. Cassie, <laughs> what is your vote? Watchmen. And McKenna, you can put it away right now. Uh, it's Watchmen. All right, Watchmen moves on. Greg, do you want to vote? Uh, I, I I do think it's ridiculous that you go bankrupt if you have one medical emergency. <laughs> I didn't oh, mean yeah. you say I, that now. I didn't mean to mock that position. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Medicaid for all, obviously. <laughs> M4A. But Watchmen? Oh, yeah, Watchmen. <laughs> Watchmen as well, in addition. Watchmen for all. Break. And when we come back, we're going to figure out the single best show of the year. Congratulations to Watchmen. It is the best drama of 2019. But unfortunately, because the way that we do things now, it does have to go up against Fleabag. Is anybody nervous for one show or the other? Yes. Which one? I won't Which tell, one, Mike? I won't tell you. <laughs> I'm nervous, but I can't reveal it yet. I, I guess I'm worried for Fleabag because I think... I think Watchmen's so much to handle. These are, I mean, these are two perfect shows, right? Well, no, I think no. It's perfect and beautifully imperfect. Yeah, That's yeah. What I'm to I keep saying Watchmen's perfect. You keep saying it's not, and so then I just say like, I just ask the question again. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I on this one, uh, I've like, this is where we get into the conversation of. Is Fleabag going to lose points for being a comedy? Because obviously that's fucked up and that's not fair. Correct? And only being three hours instead of nine hours. <laughs> But these are and these are also both shows piecing out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like they each, where, where the creator was like, "No, nah, I'm done, bro. I'm I'm done." And they both have literally the perfect last shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foot almost stepping onto the water. You decide what happens. It's Lady or the Tiger and uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge literally telling us like, "Okay, stop looking at me." <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Which it, it, they're both such I, singular creators. In uh, is it Lindelof for Watchmen and Bridges for, but it's Waller Bridges is tackling uh, death and family relationships, and it, Lindelof's tackling just again. It's the where's Babe Ruth pointing? I, I think he's the socio political scope and the hidden histories of America is a fucking massive thing to try to do, and to be able to throw yeah. a mask on it and pull it off is bananas. I think it's I think it's the DNA of America, and I cannot believe that we have to compare these two, Lindelof and. Waller Bridges against each other. But I will ask, guys, Lost was created by Lindelof and J.J. Abrams. And J.J. Abrams shot to stardom, and Lindelof, his stock plummeted. Are we now yeah. at the point <laughs> where those stocks have reversed, and Lindelof post-Leftovers and Watchmen is now higher than Abrams post-Rise of Skywalker? And also, we have never talked on the podcast about who or who does not like Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> This could this could get a little the dicey ugliest. in here. <laughs> yeah, Although I, I do have to say, um, your question is so interesting, Ryan. Good job. Uh, but <laughs> I, certainly, I couldn't imagine being as excited about hearing, hey, the new J.J. Abrams, as I am about hearing the new... Whatever he does. Whatever. Yeah, right? I'm in. I'm just in. I mean, he's making... Again, it's like some things are fun and they're spectacle. And J.J. Abrams is really good at that. Like, lens flares and Like, he could direct yeah. a, like, Disneyland fireworks show. Yeah, yeah. dude, I would <laughs> love would that. He would so good at that. I would watch that fireworks show. But, like, sometimes what you want is something that is art. Uh-huh. You know, something that makes <laughs> you, like, reflect on the human condition. I understand what they're doing. Something that doesn't make you scoff. Like, scene in, scene out. Just 
totally just scoffing. Dare you to care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that would be J.J. Abrams. Uh, all right, so we have to do this, guys. But before we do, let's take a little break and hear from our very first voter. When it comes down for me between the shows Watchmen and Fleabag, I personally have just one thing that I think about, and that is quality. And quality means this. Q. Quality. It's got to have quality. You simply got to have it. You. Undeniably very good show. A. An awesome, very good show. It's got to be that as well. L. Language. It's got to be conveying some sort of message in some sort of medium. That's step four for me. I. Inconceivably good. It's just so good that I can't even comprehend. T. That there is a good show. Why? You simply gotta laugh. And that is my number one criteria, is quality. My next criteria, when I'm thinking about which of these shows I gotta pick, it simply has to come down to goodness. And that stands for the rest of this has been lost. Please continue to the end of this recording. And so that's why I am going to pick the better show, the show that um, I repeatedly, over and over again, said was not just my favorite show of the year, but potentially my favorite show of all time. Just a perfect show, top to bottom. It is Watchmen. It's, a, it's just such a good ding-dang show. And uh, Fleabag, you did a good job. But how can you how can you beat this absolute juggernaut? This absolute... P.S. de resistance of Watchmen. It, you can't. It's got blue dong, and there's no blue dong in Fleabag. There's a little bit of regular dong, no blue dong, and that's why I vote for blue dong. So Taylor has weighed in, and I'm going to say that's T for terrific. Yes. <laughs> a for a great job is what he did. Why? It sounded like he phoned it in. <laughs> Uh, so we have one vote in for Watchmen. Yeah. And he was respectable, respectful of Fleabag, but no, he was be Watchmen. He didn't bring up the jumpsuit. I know. Mm-hmm. It seems weird. He didn't say the words hot priest. Than blue dong. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. If you're going to say blue dong, don't you also have to talk about a jumpsuit? But Haley. apparently, no. Yes. Watchmen versus Fleabag. Blue dong. <laughs> blue dong. That's two for Watchmen. <laughs> Mike Kenna. That's Mike Kenna. Okay, that's not Mike. No, it's not Mike. Okay. Uh, You know, I really loved Fleabag. I thought it was an excellent show, but it's Watchmen. That is three. Cassie. Yeah. What's up? What's up, man? (laughs) Do you want to fucking end the show and just go get some food or something? Yeah, let's just end it. Yeah, this is stupid, right? (laughs) Watchmen or Fleabag? Uh, Fleabag was really great, but I got to go with Watchmen. It's hard to take it down. I'm going to jump in here now as the host and say Fleabag is my pick. Okay. I do think it was, I do, like, we find perfection so, like, rarely in pop culture that I'm going to go now. It's now four to one, I think. Uh, Michael, where are we going? Jumpsuit. <gasps> Fleabag, four to two. Greg, with three votes. A lot of talk, yeah. of, lot of talk about Blue Dong, but let's not forget that sack was also blue, <laughs> and it was also present. I'm going to go with Blue Sack. 
<laughs> Gross. That's Watchmen? That's Watchmen. That's yeah. Watchmen. <laughs> so Watchmen wins the drama bracket. Watchmen wins the overall pop filter show of the year. And album of the book. year. And album of the year, yes. <laughs> FKA Twigs is Watchmen, the music, was brilliant. Cassie, tell us about a website. If you go to yourpopfilter.com, you could see a whole bunch of really good stuff you guys put out there, all your podcasts. You don't know that for reals. It's like, not just probably out there. It's probably all the never links. been <laughs> all the links. Caitlin, if you had to uh, help us out financially, what would you do? You could go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter, and you can check out all those great tiers that you guys got on there and support the show. Mike, if you had to help us out financially in a different way, where would you go? Uh, you could go to patreon.com slash unnatural20s. And uh, pick a tier, and they'll, they'll send you stickers and stuff, and they're much more active on it. Or go to yourpopfilter.com <laughs> slash Amazon. Don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, I only know how to be negative about a thing. I can't be only positive. Greg, A, do we have an email address? And B, if not, should we get one? Uh, listen, email addresses are expensive, but we did manage to secure, so, to secure one. It's contact at yourpopfilter.com. Listen, you guys, send us an email. You know, It doesn't cost anything. And another way you can support the show financially is just take all the money in your wallet, put it in an envelope, and then write your pop filter on the front of the envelope <laughs> and put that bad boy in a bush or mailbox near your house. Any mailman would be like, I know where this goes. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> and then float into space. Another thing, take your porn, put it in a box, put that box in the woods. We will find it. Kids need it. <laughs> McKenna, this is movie of the year, even though we talked about TV drama, and this is the show that talks about whatever the greatest movie is of any given year. Can you tell us about another Pop Filter podcast that exists? Another Pop Filter pod- podcast is Superhero Hour Hour, in which they talk about every TV show based off of a comic book property. Uh, like Watchmen? Like Watchmen! Watchmen. <laughs> or the hit Succession comic book. <laughs> I would never read that. <laughs> never. <laughs> Cassie, tell us about a different Pop Filter show. Oh, if you guys want some f- fun entertainment about based on the OC, you can go to the OCD <laughs> Mike and Ryan Review every episode of the OCD and it's a real fun time. Caitlin. Yes. Eye contact. Yes. There's a third podcast oh. that I want you to talk about. <laughs> okay. Do you know which podcast I'm talking about? I think I do, Ryan. What is it? Is it Unnatural it 20? Yeah. 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 Guys, I'm on a podcast with my two friends, Cassie and McKenna, and it's called Unnatural 20s. Um, it's a really fun time. You should check it out. We leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20, which is a 20-sided dice, if you don't know. And this is a show that is actually popular. wait that's my thing (laughs) it looks so good when you did it mike i'm sorry (laughs) did you guys get the stats back on the episode that i was on were they the highest it broke it broke all the stats we couldn't even see them you got that ryan bump yeah yeah (laughs) thank you mike uh why don't this is it like booty show over best of the year over 2019 is done it's so draining so I'm so excited to talk. About, are we talking about movies again? Are I we think, finally going to be talking about fucking movies? I think we're going to talk about movies. Do you think the world is ready to move on now that we're in February of 2020? Do you think we're finally ready to move on from talking about oh, 2019? We're recording this super early. This comes out in like April 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Tax day, baby. Celebrate. <laughs> Remember 2019? It's where all your money went. So what's up next, Mike, for Moody? Uh, we are going to dive in into the nitty and the gritty of 2019's yeah. movies. Did any good ones come out? Who knows? But I bet you we'll got, have to talk about fucking Todd Phillips. This was a nuts 
year for movies. Oh, natural twenties. What do you? What movies do you guys think are definitely going to make this? Detective Pikachu. Shut up, Cassie. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, Cassie. You guys. But do you think we're to it. like? Do you do you think we're going to do nineteen seventeen? That was your darling in the Oscar draft. I, I, you got to. It got so many Oscars. It's probably going to be Best Picture, right? Do you remember? It? It's the movie that where, like you text Taylor, Greg, and Mike every night. I beat you in the Oscar yeah, draft. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember it. Uh, I think. Do you guys think that we're going to have an Irishman episode? That's the one that I, I think there's too many good 2019 A JoJo movies. Rabbit episode? Ooh. A I, Joker ooh. episode? Uh, Man. A Little Women episode? I think we will. Ooh, yeah. Okay. We have a side episode? I hope ooh. so. We have to have a Little Women episode. We can't miss the opportunity Sweden. to talk about that. If, if it doesn't make the bracket, then we have to do it as the Patreon. Otherwise, people won't know that we're performatively woke. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. I want to talk about how important I am to feminism. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Patreon episode is claimed, and it is cats. We're doing it for real. Oh, of wow. course. Yes. Of course. Oh, wow. Producer Dave has folded his arms and for some reason lifted his shirt above his belt. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we have to end this. Congratulations to Fleabag. You did not win. Watchmen is the TV show <laughs> yeah. of the year. Blue Dong. Uh, the rest of the stuff. I'm Ryan for Cassie. I'm Ryan for McKenna. I'm Ryan for Greg. I'm Ryan for Mike. I'm Ryan for Taylor. I'm Ryan for Ryan. We are the Ryan. Get into it.